Tom, how are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? Well, well, Asam bhai, welcome sir. Kya hal hai? I'm good, sir. How are you? Uh, James, welcome to the podcast again, sir. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. All right, James. James, um, let's start off with you, buddy. Pakistan, in true Pakistani fashion, backs against the wall, coming back in this tournament, playing the role of the Dark Knight. Uh, England stumbled a bit, sir. Your thoughts on England's uh, performances of late, sir, and Pakistan's meteoric rise, sir, James? Um, it would be great, wouldn't it, if Pakistan could actually play cricket? generally speaking and don't have to wait until the last moment when it's do or die but fantastic performance by them at Edgebaston Barbara Zam some player isn't he he's fantastic that innings was from him because that was a difficult chase and Barbara Zam made it look uh, pretty pretty damn easy so i thought he was superb and Pakistan have given themselves a real chance in this tournament now haven't they all of these comparisons with 1992 the results going the same <laughs> way all of that kind of stuff it's written in the stars isn't it Pakistan going to charge through to the semi-finals the thing is if it's going to be the same as 1992 they need to be playing England in the final don't they and uh, that is a little bit more of a, a dodgy um, dodgy comparison at the moment because England have had two bad games i wasn't too dispirited with the australian defeat because i think there were a few parts of that where australia got a little bit lucky or rode their luck a little bit against the new ball england having said that did bowl too short and we saw what mitchell's when he pitched it up so lessons to be learned from the australia game but not all doom and gloom from that i think the disappointing game for me was sri lanka um i don't rate sri lanka in this tournament at all i think they're one of the certainly with Afghanistan the two poorest sides in the tournament and for England to kind of go within their shells a little bit in that game was disappointing so England have um, your fierce rivals India on Sunday they need to bounce back and come back hard at them they they absolutely do and i i noticed that you tweeted a question regarding who Pakistan be supporting or the Pakistan sport who they supporting would they be going for England or would they be going for India? Nizam bhai sir you've been supporting the boys from day one your jazbai scared us through back to back victories one against undefeated New Zealand team sir your thoughts on what James has uh, just said sir and uh, just your overall thoughts on Pakistan's match and uh, uh, England going forward. I mean it's a bit unfortunate that we have to pick between England and Pakistan. I mean I really really liked England team as as a cricket fan. I mean the way the the type of cricket England played the brand of cricket they've been playing over the last few years is just so entertaining and so refreshing and they just uh, it's just a modern um cricket that they brought on the scene I mean no other team could imagine I mean scoring high runs and they had a really good bowling attack and then they had Archer coming in the side I mean bringing that um extra option for England in bowling as well and and they they've been attacking uh, side both in bowling and batting and they were really like a treat to watch but it's come to that point in this tournament now that we unfortunately we have to either support Pakistan or England because one of these two teams will make make it to the semis um um as far as Pakistan's recent performance i mean i'm obviously feeling really excited i'm so like happy the way boys played the last two games and uh, at a time when it, when when they were required to produce something special i mean yesterday we seen a masterclass uh, innings by baba and then um harris sohail 
uh, scoring runs in two consecutive games. I mean, just you couldn't ask for more. And then Shaheen Chaufredi was going for so many runs, just uh, uh, showing us a bit of a glimpse of uh, Wasim Akram's back in the day. So, I mean, I'm absolutely happy with the way Pakistan has been playing recently. England, yeah, they had a bit of um, like bad uh, couple of games, but I expect them like if there is one team that can beat India, I, I can easily say that's England. I mean, on their day, they can absolutely hammer India or any team. I mean, uh, the kind of form England uh, were up to like last couple of up to couple of games. I mean, England didn't see see any team as a threat. I mean, they could beat any any team on the day. So it will be really interesting to watch how how they progress in their coming games, but they they are in a bit of trouble and they'll have to play play their A game and they have to prove that they are actually there to win this tournament and they have to win the coming games. Thank you, Pazan. Sambay, sir, your thoughts on England's uh, uh, recent demise, sir, in the uh, last two games of Pakistan, uh, rise, sir. Sir, I'll start with the Pakistani match uh, versus. Uh, New Zealand um I'd say that uh, it was a bit of a reminiscence of how the skies were falling when Atlas was holding them and then Hercules came in and Hercules held the heavens on behalf of Atlas and then barbarism was our Hercules <laughs> a real barbarism fan speaking now <laughs> the clouds moved away the sun shined through and he took us home I have KB here with me as well. He's he's excited. We're we're together right now, and he'd like to say a few words too. All right, boys, we'll bring it home. We're we'll bringing bring it home, home boys. Yeah, one time, boys, we are bringing it home. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much sums it up. But uh, you asked about England. England, uh, you know, they're by far the best team in the tournament. Uh, they had one bad game against i think it was uh, sri lanka and after that they've just seem a bit uh nervous somehow and uh they, in all fairness they deserve to go through to through the final they've been playing the best brand of cricket for the past 2 years uh i love their approach to odi they've completely shifted how they approach the game and you know people the rest of the teams the rest of the countries are actually trying to follow uh, their brand of cricket and uh, if they don't go through um, i think it'll be a loss because this is their home conditions and it's the perfect opportunity for them to go through but um, if i put my patriotism on on the table then i'd want pakistan to go through as well and that might be at the cost of england but it's a cash 22 i'd want both Pakistan, England, and India in the semi-finals. Thank you, James. Listen, buddy. Listen, I've seen the uh, the last couple of matches that England played. Um, I think you've also noticed, and I've noticed that you've been tweeting a lot about this. That you want to see Roy in, in for Vince. Uh, the top order is not performed the last couple of games with uh, with Vince, Abirsta, Rude, even Morgan not coming through. Uh, you guys have been relying heavily on Stokes. and he's delivered uh he was not out against sri lanka in the 80s and i mean just a superb superb probably the greatest yorker i've one of the greatest yorkers i've ever seen bowl by stark uh what changes or what do you think i think i feel like the teams are adjusting to england's uh, 
uh, batting mentality. Uh, the conditions obviously have changed. The, the the pitches are different. What do you think England needs to do going forward to sort of uh, get the tournament back into gear and perform and win against India and per- progress? What do you think is needed? I think the first thing is that um, you, you Pakistan is a very um, I, I wrote an article the other day where I kind of christened the lurchometer because I think all fans are like this but I, I get the impression that Pakistan is a, a more like this than anybody where a couple of wins and all of a sudden you're world champions a couple of defeats and you want everybody's heads to roll yeah there's no there's, there's no middle ground with you guys is there um, but I think I think with England um, I mean just looking at the table I mean a couple of guys have said it's between Pakistan and England but New Zealand aren't cut and dry in this tournament at all because they've got a couple of hard games to go if they lose both of those and England and Pakistan pick up points then New Zealand could fall out the top four which again I think would be a shame for the tournament because I like the way they they've played their crickets as well um, but India are going to get home against the West Indies um, they look as if they're going to be nailed on for a semi-final spot. So I think it's between three teams, really. New Zealand, England and Pakistan. And don't forget Bangladesh as well. Bangladesh, Thank you. Bangladesh Thank have played some very good cricket in this tournament. So they they are the dark horses for me, Bangladesh, because they nobody seems to fancy them. Everybody always says that they, they kind of class them as minnows, but they're not minnows anymore. They've got some very good players. And with Shaki playing so well, they can beat teams too. So Bangladesh, don't write them off. But... Getting back to England and your question, um, I feel for James Vince because he's a very good county player. I've seen him play some exceptional innings for Hampshire, but he seems to be struggling in that England side. He got a good ball in the last game and you tend to get that when when you're not doing quite well and you're searching for runs, you get a cracking delivery. Um, so I'd, I'd love to see Jason Roy come back in because Roy and Bairstow at the top of the order is a formidable opening partnership. But England need to change their mindset because England fans are, are as guilty as Pakistan fans. You know, we started off the <laughs> tournament saying, yeah, we're, we're number one, we're going to win this tournament. We had a good win um, early doors against South Africa and everybody was buoyant. And then we've had a couple of disappointing results now. And then everybody on Twitter, everybody on social media seems to be writing England <laughs> off early to do that. England are a good side. Owen Morgan is a very good captain. I'm sure they're having some frank and honest discussions in that dressing room and they're coming out strong. And I think in the same way that you know Pakistan had to wait until it was nearly too late for them to start performing, England need to shift their mentality because I think they were a little bit nervous against Sri Lanka and they didn't come out um, as strong as I would like to have seen against Australia either. But now it's almost chips are down and you know our home World Cup is on the cusp of disintegrating this is the time now to come out and say right let's show these guys how we're going to play our cricket this is how we played cricket for the last three years we're going to stamp our authority on this tournament and if they do that they're more than capable of beating India or New Zealand I think England probably need to win one game rather than two um, but if they can you know if they're going to take the pressure off themselves beating in- India on Sunday is a is a big game and I just looking at India for a second. I think India are beatable. You know, the, the top order is hugely important for India. Rohit, Virat Kohli, um, Rahul, massively important for them because if you if you get down, if you can get India to be, I don't know, eighty for three or eighty for four, then MS Dhoni then has to really play within himself because Hardik Pandya coming at number seven is. A do or die cricketer. He can play a, a superb innings. No We've doubt. seen that in the IPL, but you know he can get out cheaply as well. He's not a number seven. I prefer to see him at number eight if I was an Indian fan. 
And then behind Hardik, there's not too much batting. So MS Dhoni, if he's in too early, has to play within himself. And that's when you can restrict India. Their bowling attack's fantastic, India, India. But England can beat them. There's no doubt about it. If England play their A game, they can beat India on Sunday. All of a sudden, everybody's mentality changes. They beat New Zealand. They fly into the semi-finals. And the trophy's ours. <laughs> I, I I I agree with you on a, on a few things, James. But I'll play devil's advocate here. Um, Faison going to you, sir, and uh, James. We're going to come back and get your take on this as well. Um, coming into the tournament, I definitely felt like the England was a bit cocky. Uh, I've seen uh, uh, Morgan's uh, press conferences, and he's I, I've noticed that he's been a, a bit defensive in responding to a few uh, uh, questions by the by the media personnel. Um, the, I felt like the match against Australia and the post-match stuff definitely hurt him. Um, he, he was uh, he, he was definitely on the defensive there when he was asked about. Um, uh, uh, I think a reporter asked him if uh, he felt scared or nervous at the crease. Um, so Fazan, your take on uh, England's uh, batting lineup? Why are they struggling? And realistically speaking, I know we want to root for. Uh, uh, statistically India to beat England but do you think you'd be rooting for India sir against England can England beat India or New Zealand and progress there's on top of your team so over the last uh, couple of years have, as we've been saying that England is just playing a different brand of cricket and uh, on their home grounds I mean on their day they can score 400 runs and nobody be surprised that's the kind of quality they have in their batting lineup and uh, then their bowling as well is uh, special like one of the good bowling attacks in this tournament they just haven't been um, able to um, get um, get performances from individuals in this uh, particular tournament in a couple of games like we've seen that you know the Ben Stokes have been playing well but Bristow and the other batsmen they haven't been scoring many runs but the day they all started playing the way they've been playing over the last two years of the, the way they played against Pakistan in that bilateral series I mean you know the story is over for every team. I mean, then England have no uh, no opponents that that can threaten them. Uh, it, it could just start happening in their next game, and if it does, then uh, I, I'd be really worried if I was playing against them uh, as a side. Uh, I mean, they're just too good on their day, and. Uh, um, I mean, there's nothing to criticize about England. They just haven't been able to put like uh, like the to get things right. Like I mean, they've been trying their best. They're very they're a very professional side, but just been a bit unlucky. Uh, apart from that, like very professional uh, sportsman, uh, you see Morgan really like he's concentrating on getting results. He's a bit worried because the last few games, and I can understand why he doesn't want to interact too much with the media. Because uh, I, if I was if I was an England fan, I wouldn't want him talking about how our captain is talking about his wife has been crying in the in his bedroom and <laughs> stuff like that. You know, when you're in the middle of such an important competition, I mean, you should be like completely cut out with the media and PR and all the stuff, and just be concentrating on your practice sessions and getting enough rest and concentrate on the game more. Um, Yes, completely understandable why they want to limit their response to the media, and they're just really eager to produce uh, results in the next coming games and win few games, and then uh, put themselves in a bad situation to qualify for the semis. Um, 
look pakistan we can talk whole day where we can improve where we are lacking england have worked really hard over the years to put this side together i mean there could be one or two changes you can think of but compared to pakistan you can probably make nine changes in a pakistani team um england don't have those problems um they just need their luck to be honest i mean they have everything in place they have a good side there they're good at fielding they're good at bowling good at batting uh, it just have to all come all together and i can't predict um i can't say comfortably that oh yeah india is going to be england no way i mean if england played their a game and if it was england's day i mean india's nothing for them in england they can be anybody on the day fair enough fazamba fazamba sir you're the analytics guy here sir dekho england's uh, been struggling with the bat which is surprising sir their batting is so deep all the way down i mean he, like you've got rashid coming at number 9 so sir could you explain to us what's going on with england sir uh joe butler's coming in at 6 i mean i mean they're i mean every single batsman that they have can perform um what's going on with england and uh, do you, uh, what changes would you recommend us on right so um statistically england is supposed to have one of the best uh combination of modern day batting uh, i mean so when you look at high strike rates like players with career uh, high strike rates like the likes of pandya and maxwell you see whenever they have high strike rates they compromise on their batting averages but england is is an outlier in this regard um, they have the likes of johnny burstow jason roy jos butler uh and morgan who have career strike rates of over 100 which is spectacular but they also average in the mid 40s high 40s uh for me the surprising thing has been that uh, their openers just johnny bearstro and uh, jason roy i mean i know jason roy played well in a in a in a match or two but bearstro i mean he had been playing fantastically for the last year and a half and nobody seems to be mentioning him that uh he's not been having the best of the world cup uh and he was actually one of the reasons why england was doing so well for the last couple of years and then he would set up a good platform for the likes of uh, morgan and jos butler and moin ali even moin ali has a career strike rate of over 100 and none of these guys seem to be performing uh, uh we'd had an amazing innings coming out of uh, morgan and joe root has been consistent as he's been but uh, the rest of the guys just don't seem to be stepping up like we know they can and the numbers suggest that they can i don't know if it's the stage of the world cup or there's some sort of pressure on them i, I know a couple of guys were out injured so they had to mess up with the batting order and uh, uh, like uh, jos butler was was missing in some of the matches but uh yeah and i mean they had their combination figured out but but suddenly it's just it's not seem to be clicking together uh, james going back to you uh, see the media the the sessions they're mandatory they have i want to say something tala khan here KB. can I... hello gg gg yeah Yeah so I have a different perspective on all of this. You see uh just like Hassan said he mentioned the English English cricket team and we can talk about the other good uh, teams out there. I think I think when you are so sure of your team for such a long time you are reluctant on changing your game plan according to the conditions and we have seen the conditions have changed drastically. across the mid different pitches 
uh, uh, slow, slow, slow pitches and other conditions have changed drastically. Now with England, they they knew Bearshaw would work. Um, he would fire a lot of hundreds. Uh, they knew uh, uh, Stokes and Butler would fire every time. But you know when you have that game plan and you're not willing to change your balling lineup, your batting lineup according to the conditions. Uh, I think that's where you fall on your head. Uh, I also think I also think there's there's a, there's a there's a big problem when it comes to the English team when it when uh, because they think they are really good. Now you see um, uh, the conditions in England are, are are like a woman, so the they have freaking you know moody swings. <laughs> and you know, I, I, I think listen, to me, listen to me. So I, I want to, I want to tell you why Pakistan is doing well. This is my take on it. So what? So England got their deck up too quick, okay? So I, I think, I think you know, they got excited. Now they're having stage fights because they were so excited. Then and it was too early. Pakistan is taking it, taking it slow. They know how to because they're because they got setbacks. They're open to change, and that's what's helped us. And I think all the big teams—they're—they're they're so stuck with their game plan. And Pakistan had to change the game plan because we weren't doing so well. So that goes in our favor. And I think the momentum is with us, and we're taking it slow. You know, we like slow play, uh, the foreplay, and we're playing with other teams now. And I think uh, I think we we're going to uh, uh, make the, the cup fucking orgasm. So yeah. Oh. Fair enough, KB Saab, always bringing the passion, sir. Uh, James, going back to you, sir. Um, listen, I, KB does bring up a good point that, you know, like, has England been a bit too cocky going into this tournament? They were coming off of a great run. The, the players have been performing well. But, you know, you can tell that there's some frustration boiling with, with Morgan. I mean, let's not forget, Morgan had that great, great uh, 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 inning against the uh, Wandasanis where he, I mean, smashed, like, 17 sixes. And, but like, you know, you, you've seen the last couple of games, like the top orders collapse and it's always been left to like the likes of Butler, Stokes, Butler and Chris Wokes even sort of come up and what, what changes would you, would you make any, one, would you make any changes to the current lineup that England has and two, what changes would they be and does there have to be a shift in mentality, James, for England to progress in this tournament? I know we talked about uh, the expectations of England, the tournament being he- held in England, England being... Uh, the 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 Makkah of cricket, uh, so to speak. So, what do you think needed, and what's going to happen with England going forward, James? I think just as a response to that previous the previous <laughs> comments, um, England are the sexiest team in this competition. So, yeah, there's, there's nothing about um, about stage fright there. I, I think the talk about conditions I think it's misleading I think a lot of people have been going down that route that England can't cope in different conditions if you look at in England's away record in one day internationals over the last three years they've won as many series away from home when oppositions have tried to make tracks difficult for them as they have won at home so England are able to adapt to different conditions that that's uh, that's a red herring what I what I've been a little bit worried about with England is that yeah, the positive, the positive brand of cricket that uh, everybody talks about. It's not. It's not just about going out and hitting fours and sixes. It's about going out and trying to dominate and being aggressive. Thank and that you. can be. That can be an aggressive defensive stroke. You know, it can be a, a tuck into the leg side just to keep the scoreboard ticking. 
it's not all about hitting boundaries. So England have, have been able to adapt and have been able to bring that kind of cricket to the world over the last three years. And as one of the previous guys said, you know, it has changed the one-day arena because the, the scores have been going up and people have been trying to emulate England, trying to copy England Absolutely. and how they play. But what um, what the changes I'd, I'd make, I mean, if Roy is anywhere near fit, he has to come back in at the top of the order. If he's not fit, um, one of the guys that I'm concerned about in the England lineup is Moen Ali. Because Moen Ali is a guy that, I mean, he threw his wicket away against Sri Lanka. He hit a six and then holed out at long off. And Moen Ali is one of these guys who he can play very fast, aggressive, attacking cricket. In the IPL, he was the third highest strike rate in the in the IPL when he was playing for the Royal Challengers. And he, he came out and he hit 31 off nine balls against Afghanistan. But he did that when the score had already got big enough for England to be very confident they were going to win. Moen Ali worries me when he comes in at seven or eight, when he needs, he needs to deliver and take England across the line. So one change I, that I could foresee is that Moen Ali could go up and open the innings because in the power plays, when the field is in, he has license to then go in and just hit and play attacking cricket. He'll get value for runs if he beats the infield. And that might be a way of keeping that uh, the power play overs going because he's a good good batsman don't get me wrong I just think his mentality is a little bit questionable at times and maybe opening the innings with Mo and Ali alongside Johnny Burstow would give him a chance to bat longer and and to get some value in that power those power play overs so and the other one I I, I can couldn't see why they didn't play Liam Plunkett against Australia because Liam Plunkett over the last 12 months has taken more innings and more wickets than anybody in those middle overs overs 11 to 40 than anybody in the world he, he's very good at just kind of bowling that line and length, trying to strangle the batsman and taking the sort of two or three wickets in a match. I think he comes back into that side for me. And if Jason Roy's fit and opens the innings, I'd take Mo and Ali out and put Liam Plunkett in there instead of him. But I think the, the mentality's got to come back from England, not to be shrinking, not to respond. If, if the English crowd that are in the ground, because... As Englishmen, we have this kind of baggage where we've seen England in major tournaments disappoint in the past. And I think sometimes the, the crowd, a couple of wickets fall and the crowd just, the, there's a kind of hum goes around the ground, which is like, oh no, not again. And that transmits itself to the players. True. Now, I, I think if, the, if this tournament was played in New Zealand or Australia, England would, would, would win this tournament. I think the doubts are coming from home support starting to doubt the team and that transmits itself to the players. So England need to just kind of close their ears to that. Just go out and remember what's done them proud in the past and go out and, and, and do that in this World Cup. Now, the, the one thing that has never that's always been the question with England, as some of the other correspondents have said, there's no doubt that England are the best team in the world on their day. They play superb cricket. We've been winning series after series after series, but it's a different mentality. Winning a five-match series against Pakistan, where you can afford one slip-up and still win 4-1 or, or you know, against any team in the world, it's a different mentality to playing effectively what from now is knockout cricket to win a world title. And the one thing that we don't know about this England team is, are they champions? And we'll find out over the next two or three weeks whether they are champions, whether they're able to deliver when the chips are really down. And there's a different, that's a totally different question to are they a fantastic side? Yes, they are a fantastic side. Are they champions? That's where the question mark comes in. It's that thing I said on my podcast the other day that, you know, a, a golfer on the 18th hole, middle of the fairway, needs to get down in three to win the, the open goal for the Masters golf. 
that's when you find out whether somebody's got the the, the cojones, isn't it? That's when you find yeah, out absolutely. if somebody's able to, you know, find the middle of the green, two put, pick up the trophy. Now, can England find the middle of the green over the next two matches and then two put in the semi-final and the final, pick up that trophy, and then they'll be celebrated as the best one-day side England have ever had? It's have they got it between the years to deliver? And we'll find out. James, a great analogy. Goosebumps over here. Listen, before we let you go, I, I was listening quick, to you. know, you talk about England being champion, and that's, that's a very good example of from golf right there. But, you know, even if you miss the green, right, you have to go for the green. But if you miss the green, you scramble and you make a one putt and you win the fucking tournament. Now, yep. the thing is, on the thing, the thing is, like you said, you mentioned England's glorious past where they won, you know, five matches. But on the day... It, they, it did not matter. Pakistan beat them bad, you know. So, I mean, what's the use of playing all these great tournaments when you can't get it done on the day? Pakistan were like big time underdogs. That means that means England is not actually making their changes correctly. They don't have the correct mindset to adapt to the conditions, my friend. So you, ha- we need to understand that. And the English team needs to understand that. And I think I think the English management needs to, you know, step down from their, um, you know, their high ground and say, you know, yeah, we got some deep issues we need to deal with. I would, I would like to add something to it as well. Could I just come back to that first? Um, I, I, I think you're right in a way, and that's what I was getting at with are, are they champions? I think England behind the scenes will be saying far different things to how what they're saying to the media because to the media, they need to have a united front like any team should do. They're not going to criticise any individuals. They're not going to say too much negative because they want to keep that positive kind of attitude inside the dressing room. They will have looked at every single possible angle and they will over the next um, four games, hopefully four games, and try and put that right on the pitch. But yeah, just as a reminder, I mean, making the comparisons with Pakistan, but <laughs> yeah, pa- Pakistan are a point behind England in the table. Um, Pakistan have more to do than England to get through to that, uh, get through to the semi-final. Pa- I, I could quite easily see Pakistan, with all due respect, you know, they've, they've put in a couple of fantastic performances, yes. They take, on they take on Afghanistan in the next game and lose to Afghanistan and give Afghanistan their only points because that's what Pakistan do. They lurch from one extreme to the other. So, yeah, there's there's no... You, you can't have me on this podcast and crow about Pakistan being better than England at the moment because that, that they are, there, there is no proof that that's the case. And I, I was... high on both sides. Quick, a quick... Uh comment there absolutely not i'm a cricket fan i love cricket across the board okay when we talk on this podcast we're talking about all teams all right so my my point being made was because as this world cup began we had a lot of expectations even pakistanis you know even pakistanis expected a lot from england because across the world there was this you know subtle wave going that you know this is the best time for the for the country that invented the game to finally get something under the belt so yeah i mean we all, we all want England to win but you know they're just falling short i mean that's all i'm saying i'm not comparing it to pakistan of course you know we know you know pakistan how they are they're tigers on their day but if that's that's how they bring the 
because of course we don't have the budget you guys have we're not part of the big 3 we're not dominating <laughs> the game we don't have you know we don't we don't we don't monopolize the entire game and stop other smaller countries from progress but you know given all that taking all the tickets in and everything but doesn't matter you know we're a poor country but we'll still kick the shit out of everybody so that's how it's going to go let me just tell you about KV KV is an emotional guy and uh, he, he lets his emotions fly sometimes so this, uh, this isn't something to be taken personally J- <laughs> have, 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 I think we've lost him. have we lost James people yeah All right. Um, yeah. You know, you know, KB, you you could be less antagonistic towards people. What did you say? Aja, Come on, get. I I I was just saying, you know, KB could be less antagonistic towards James. You're back, sir. Uh, I am. I, uh, we were hoping that we we let you. We did, bro. I love you, man. I love you. Don't leave us, all right? <laughs> I love you, man. I have got nothing. I was, I was worried you thought I'd, I'd stormed off in a huff. Yeah, uh, but James, listen, man, like, uh, just your final thoughts uh, uh, about England's progress uh, going forward. And, you know, we, we've been listening to your podcast and, you know, like, uh, about the guests that you have and about the different correspondents that you have on your uh, on your podcast. I, I mean, it's one of the better podcasts that I've listened to, probably the best po- cricket podcast that I've listened to. And I, I just love the way you interact with, with the guests the way you uh, uh, conduct the interview and I mean your cricketing acumen uh, is just like it's incredible like the amount of knowledge and the amount of exposure and uh, I, listening to your podcast every day is like a treat because like I learn something new every day so that's very kind of you thank you uh, just, just just like your final thoughts sir, on, on England's uh, uh, chance of progressing uh, I know you you've, you've made a great narrative about like Will can they show that they're champions? Uh, but but your predictions for the match against uh, uh, India and the match against New Zealand? Um, wow, that's a big question, isn't it? And it's it's basically England's last four years depends on the next two games, doesn't it? Because England have invested an awful lot of time into preparing for this World Cup, knowing it was going to be in England, and the next two games dictate whether that's been a waste of time or not, really, isn't it? Um, True. England can turn up against India and they can blow them away, as you said. England could turn up against India and be blown away. So none of the none of those two results would particularly surprise me. I think from an English point of view, what we're looking for is we're looking at our players in the eyes. We're looking at their body language. We're looking at how they are going about it. So I think they shrunk a little bit, certainly against Sri Lanka, who I think should have been two points have been taken then this whole table would look a completely different kettle of fish. Um, but England have to turn up. I mean, the only the only downside with England's last two games is they play India at Edgbaston, which is tends to be a turning wicket, and they play New Zealand at Chesterley Street, which tends to help, help seem. So we're playing two teams, really, where the conditions should suit the opposition. But that shouldn't affect England because it's in England they should just stand up and they need to be counted and I think you know it'd be a massive disappointment in this country if England don't at least make the semi-finals that was the bare minimum I think in terms of expectation certainly the players would have thought that as well we all know that once you get to the semi-finals and final 
anything can happen. Whatever four teams get to the semi-final stage will fancy their chances of going all the way. So England have to, you know, have to scramble. As we were saying just a minute ago with the golf analogy that, you know, if England do find the bunker with their next shot, they need to make sure they get down in two from the sand. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's really where England are at the moment. We're just looking for a response. England have responded pretty much every time it's been asked of them in the last three or four years. And we just need another response now to see them through to the uh, the latter stages of this competition. Can I, can I just ask you a question, guys, um, before I, I, I depart? The, I was quite pleased with what Mickey Arthur said. One of the journalists from Pakistan, um, when Harris Hale had played so well to get India um, a good score in that game, he basically started to question Harris Sahail's fitness and um, Mickey Arthur pretty much rounded on him and said, you know, just write something positive. You know, there's plenty of opportunities really as a journalist to to write negative stuff when we lose. Um, write something positive. We're playing really good cricket. Write something positive. That was his message back to the, the journalist that day. And I thought that was a, a very good um, piece of uh, coaching that he did there because not all of coaching is done face-to-face with a player. You know, the players will have seen what he did in that press conference where he defended uh, Harris Hale, who had played really well, gave him the credit he deserved. And I think that was that was very good coaching. Are you, are you Mickey Arthur fans? Uh, great question. As long as I'll let you take this, sir. Um, uh, James, as you must have uh, realised, uh, even from the yesterday's game, you must have watched the crowd and uh, how Pakistani fans respond to the game. And you must have uh, probably come across a few videos from the games that we lost and how the people were like literally cursing the players when they were going back to the dressing room. These are the same players four or five days ago who were playing yesterday and everybody was just bowing down to them and just screaming their heart out and praising them and like even we started the podcast with like long um, paragraphs of uh, our uh, praising comments for Baba and um, uh, uh, other players. But it's the way Pakistan cricket goes. I mean, when they perform well, like Imran Khan used to say, when I used to, when we used to lose a game, I never used to go back to check the media or read the newspaper or watch the TV and listen to what the people had to say about it. I used to just cut out from the media and just concentrate on the next game. I mean, um, the way he defended the team, obviously. Um, it, it, that's what we we required at that time because already we were so beaten and we were so down before that game that we needed that particular performance, uh, uh, that fearless performance by Harris, uh, which actually like kind of set the tune for us uh, coming back in the next game as well uh, to have the belief to win the game. Uh, and yeah, so Pakistan, when they play well, everybody's like obviously behind them when they lose. It's the way Pakistani nation is like, we just like literally every, our emotions change from game to game. Like <laughs> we just keep changing our minds. But as you must realize, you, you were talking to me about our lot, last podcast where we were criticizing about Sir Faraz's uh, fitness and then yesterday's catch and we we are speechless now to say anything about his fitness anymore. Um, just a little thing I wanted to add about um, England, uh, um, England, uh, the way they played against Australia and the way New Zealand played against Pakistan yesterday. We've seen New Zealand losing quite a few wickets early on, uh, not a lot of batsmen getting runs and then number six and seven staying on the wicket for a long time and they both got to score runs and got a decent total at the end. I mean, I think that's that's the key um, to playing uh, in such conditions. I mean, 
uh, England lost. I think I was counting about seven batsmen. Uh, they got caught, and um, obviously they must have been playing uh, like aerial shots to lose their wickets to give away the wicket. I mean, I think yesterday we were saying the way Nisham and uh, Grandham were playing, it reminded us of uh, Miss Bowlehawk and Yunus Khan the way they play in a Test match in Abu Dhabi. Uh, they, they just stayed on the wicket and they just uh, played as many balls they could and then eventually they were able to score a bit, a few false runs at the end uh, to finish the game off and for a decent total. Um, so I think that's what England needs to be working on as well. Try to spend time, more time on the wicket instead of going um, run a ball and trying to hit boundaries. Because if you look at the England scoreboard, there's not many runs by many players, but they, they all have a boundary or two in those eight or ten or twenty runs they scored. They scored a couple of boundaries in those runs. Um, so it just goes to show that as soon as they come on, they just want to like hit big, big shots and score runs quickly. I think that's where they need to slow down a bit, take their time on the wicket, and uh, then examine the conditions and then go by um, how how, it, how they feel about the pitch and set up a plan on the day instead of playing the uh, the brand they are famous for that as soon as you come on you just start uh, hitting the ball out of the park so that's something that I've noticed uh, I don't know if you guys would agree with me but yeah with the coming games I mean uh, Pakistan have been fortunate in a way that they got to face the tough sides early on in the competition they lost a few games got under pressure they came back, hit hard, win few good games now, and uh, they are on a high because they they're uh, considering themselves uh, um, the winners in the coming games, uh, knowing that it's Bangladesh and Afghanistan. Even though it's Pakistan can be like um, losing to Afghanistan, and nobody be surprised. But I mean, there are still easier games to play. If you had India and Australia or New Zealand to play in the next two games, and they were the only two games left for you to get the required points, I mean, you'd be more worried. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, that's another reason why Pakistani fields uh, fans are a bit more confident uh, uh, when they consider themselves uh, uh, comparing them to England, who are playing India on Sunday, and then I think they got Australia. No, sorry. Um, uh, to be honest, I'm not too confident. Yeah. So um, let's see. I mean, um, my predictions. I was said England on their day can beat any team, but India have been playing really well as well. Um, so it'll be really interesting games uh, to watch. I still want Pakistan to go forward. I won't say how, <laughs> but uh, I'll leave it there with you guys. Uh, the, thank you for that. Uh, somebody, the question though was, okay, what are our thoughts on Mickey Arthur? Uh, yeah. We've been critical of him in the past, sir. Um, but your thoughts are on Mickey Arthur and how he's performed, particularly how he backed Aris at the press conference that James brought up. Right. So. Um... If you know James asked a pretty decent question about Mickey and how Pakistanis in general perceive him to be, uh, if I if I give the broader mass level sentiment on Mickey, I don't think the general masses do like him that much. However, uh, I, I understand that there are talks about him. Uh, micromanaging the team, the team selection, even the team plans when uh, Sir Fraz is captaining. There are talks about you know, Sir Fraz just being a dummy and you know Mickey calling the shots. However, uh, when Mickey did come in, he did uh, made he, he made some uh, tough decisions. Like to start off with, initially he had uh, no compromise policy on fitness and then fielding and uh, then he started injecting new blood and 
you know he started giving them good game time against the norm but then he actually backed back Yeah. Like he dropped the likes of Ahmed Shahzad, Omar Akmal, Thank and even Wahab Riaz. So why, he he did make some good good uh, shots. He made some tough uh, decisions. He went against uh, the brand of cricket that Pakistan had, the brand names that they had. However, um, there doesn't seem to be uh, any uh, improvisation when things go south on the part of Mickey and Sir Faraz. So that is when uh, the Pakistani nation gets uh, very uh, agitated. Uh, is the word I would use of uh, Mickey, and and there are talks about him uh, not getting an extension because his his contract is ending uh, after the World Cup. I think that's it. And there are discussions, and I see a lot of uh, social media and on on the TV as well channels talking about how you need uh, it's about you need a. Uh, Local coach will be, you know, who could get to a better understanding of the grassroots level. Um, James, yeah. uh, so thank you, Sambay. James, really quickly, you know, I love Mickey Arthur as a human being. I love him as a man. He truly loves this team. He really wants the boys to perform well. Uh, and yeah. you know, it, it shows like in, in the emotions, the way he backed Harris. I loved it. I mean, like I was watching that press conference, and like any other man would have probably decked that uh, that journalist. But you know, um, uh, he kept his composure, he kept his calm, and he he responded appropriately. And the boys know this. The boys really want to go out there and perform for Mickey. But here's the thing, though. You know, there there is a language barrier, and you know, Mickey's been there now four years, and you know, like I feel like you know, like. Yeah, he's not. He's, I mean, for for instance, he hasn't learned Urdu, you know. And you know, uh, the, there's there's that disconnect there when it comes to the language. And you know, and uh, as much as he's tried to immerse himself in the culture in Pakistan, and he has, he's definitely given it a shot. But you know, these boys, they come from like not well-to-do backgrounds. They come from different cultures, from different uh, areas of the country. And you know, like the 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 the, the what we think and what we. We 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 feel like that there should be a coach who sort of like understands the sentiments, the, the daily life struggles, and the external stressors that these play, players go through. And and you know, pa- pa- Pakistan's cricket is very political, and Mickey's like very gun ho about the way he goes around approaching the game of cricket. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's been his way or the highway, and he's made some excellent choices by taking. Like getting rid of all the Akmal brothers, God bless him for that, and for not letting Amish is not coming to the, the team again. Uh, but you know, like uh, for for you to be the coach of the Pakistani cricket team, you need to have thick skin, which he does. But at the same time, you have to immerse yourself into the language, the culture, the understanding of where these boys are coming from. And I feel he's, he he comes up short sometimes in that department. But I love I love Mickey. And what he did for Harris and the way he backed him was incredible, and God bless him for that. And Mickey can coach any team on any given day and lead them to a World Cup. Uh, and uh, he's a terrific, terrific uh, manager and, and coach. Uh, James, just lastly, sir, you, you've been doing your podcast for quite a while now. Uh, who's been your best guest? Oh, blimey! Can, can I just make a comment on Mickey Arthur before I answer sure, that? Sure. I, I, oh, Pakistan cricket. I, I think with Pakistan cricket from the outside. Um, I understand what you're saying about the language, but you know he's been around that, uh, been around the country now for four years, and I, I think he, he he understands Pakistan. I've seen interviews with him, and I, I think he does um, make efforts to to grasp the culture and stuff. And I think what Pakistan really needs is continuity. Um, with Mickey Arthur, you've got somebody that knows cricket inside out. Um, he understands. He's worked with a lot of these young players, Babar Azam, etc. 
you know they've benefited from his coaching and his tutelage sure. it would be you know sometimes it's in sport it's careful what you wish for isn't it you know it's like a new manager in in football and what have you you sometimes suddenly find you've got the wrong man and you've taken I think with Mickey Arthur you've got a very good coach in charge of Pakistan and you know, having him for two years or another three years can only be good for the country so I, I'd, I, I'd back him I that. completely agree but the board doesn't support it I mean look what they did with, uh, with Brad Rickson I mean what a terrific fielding coach we had and they wouldn't pay him and you know Mickey was a staunch supporter Mickey's the one who brought him in and, and you know the board like sort of circumvents and goes over the top and you know they, they make decisions that Mickey I mean you can tell that Mickey gets frustrated with the board and, and it would be a travesty to lose Mickey but like it's not fair on Mickey to be subjected to like nonsense at, at such an international at such a high level I mean he, he he's there because he wants to be there and because he loves his team otherwise yeah. Mickey can go to any other team so like you know like, I feel like it's not fair on Mickey to be subjected to something that's like like not in his control like I feel like he should be given more power but but with Pakistan and the politics involved then I mean I'm surprised that he's still there and he hasn't walked walked out of Sama I would like to add my perspective to this sure. um just just really quickly sure. so you James is, James has a very good point Sama you made amazing points but we're missing out one thing throughout okay i would say after after the 2000s pakistan has had weak captains so every great team we see out there including so the english team they play for morgan okay i remember the pakistani team playing for bob woolmer all right sure. Sure. I do not. I do not see. I do not see the Pakistani team. Okay, he he may be a great strategist. He may be a great uh, coach in terms of the, the social aspect of it, of of the mentoring aspect of it, of all these things. But for sure, we don't know these things because we're sitting on the outside. We don't. We don't know this because we're sitting on the outside. We can't gauge individual coaches and how they behave inside the locker room. But what we can, what does filter through is uh, the fact that the boys are not playing for the coach. The boys are not even playing for Sarfraz. The boys are just trying to play for Pakistan. But we see the Indian team, they play for Kohli. Okay? So you can you can sense that. We need that quality. Maybe he can bring it in. But it's it, it seems to be missing. After all these years, the love, the inspiration should have been that much. That they will play for the guy. They don't. Yeah, That's my take on it. Yeah, Digo. The thing is, Mickey did not pick Sarfraz to be Pakistan's captain. I guarantee you that. I mean, there's no way Mickey would have picked Sarfraz. So, so, what I'm saying is, they don't play for the guy. They don't play for... I remember they used to... They would, they would, they would be ready to die for Bob Woolmer, alright? They didn't, they didn't care about the captain. True. Now... So th- that's that's just my perspective on it, you know, because from the outside, that's what you can gauge. What what the coach actually does is, you know, he's a great strategist. What filters through to us, yes, he's great. Okay, I don't buy this bullshit about culture, and we've we've, we've had great coaches across the world from other countries, making other countries great. All right, they don't they're not from their home country, so I don't buy that. I think I think uh, Pakistani culture. For some reason, and the Pakistani mentality, for some reason, thinks you know if there's an English guy, he has more skill, he has more knowledge. Um, maybe it works that way. We, you know, maybe the, 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 the slavery from us hasn't gone away. But um, 
but I, I would just say, I would just say yes, yes. He is a good coach, but he doesn't bring that factor of of inspiration where you know the guys play. I, I see him sitting in the corner, expressionless. Um, he doesn't show, show a lot of emotion. I, well, that's not enough. So I think Bob Woolmer was a great example of a good coach. Okay, he might be technically bad, might made some, might have made some bad decisions, but you know when it really matters, when it's, it's like crunch time, the last forty uh, runs, fifteen. You know, when the boys. I, I think I think uh, real leadership is missing in terms of captaincy and the coach from the Pakistani team. You know, England have a great, great, great example uh, in uh, in the form of Morgan. So, uh, you know, he look at the way he carries himself. So, it all filters through. So, yeah, they, they play for their captain, you know. They can call, call somebody their captain like the 92 boys. You know, Wasim still calls him Wasim, uh, Imran Khan his captain. So, that's what we need to win this work. KV, I'm going to agree to disagree. Uh, James, what are your, just, just you know, you being an outsider, but I'm, I'm sure you've had interactions with Mickey. What are your thoughts on Mickey and your closing thoughts and who's been your best Sorry, I lost you. Podcast? I think we lost. We keep losing uh, James. Let's try giving one more. He's interacted with Mickey on a personal level. And uh, so he has that connection with him. So it'd be interesting to uh, hear his take on Mickey. Um, so, Hassan Bayar, sir, just uh, close us out, sir. Your feel, sir, for the next two matches for Pakistan, sir, what's going to happen? I think generally in this Cricket World Cup, at this point in time, the World Cup uh, seems to be open. Anybody from India, Australia, New Zealand, even Bangladesh, Pakistan, Pakistan, and even outside chance for maybe Sri Lanka. Uh, these guys could all go through the last year. I'm going to cut, cut you off here. James, you're back, sir. Uh, just quickly, your thoughts on... Uh, uh, I, I think you've had interactions with Mickey Arthur. Your thoughts on Mickey as an outsider from the Pakistani cricket team, uh, as a man in general, and your best guest on your podcast. I, I think that with Mickey Arthur, I mean, the, the comment was made there that um, he, he sits in the corner of the dressing room emotionless. To be honest, I think that's exactly what Pakistan needs to a degree. You need somebody that's level-headed and quite um, quite emotionless to emotion in Pakistan cricket. That's hmm. the reason that Pakistan cricket is a bit chaotic at times because you, and you, you learn from such highs to such lows. You need somebody that's an even keel, that's a solid influence and can give, see through. So that would be my take on Mickey Arthur. I think he's a, an outstanding coach uh, for um, Pakistan. You asked me about my favourite guest to, to round off. Um, I'm really... Favourite guest is it's a bit unfair. I can't really pick one out, but... I think in terms of the podcast, what I, I like to do is I like to kind of get a mixture of different guests on. And I like to talk to some of the young players that haven't been interviewed that much. And, uh, you know, the Keaton Jennings is the Daniel Bell Drums of English cricket who are young and have still have got quite a lot to learn. They'd admit that. And it's interesting to talk to them and to get their, their perspective on cricket. Of course. James, you're a great ambassador for the game of cricket. I mean, uh, especially for English cricket. Uh, the way you talk about the game, the passion that you bring 
to the podcast and just your overall take on English cricket. It's refreshing to hear. And the fact that you've had such a great exposure to international talent is just incredible to listen to and hear and read your tweets. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, 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 we're lucky to have you and thank you for your input. It's a pleasure, absolute pleasure, and all the best to Pakistan. Not too much luck, and <laughs> um, because I, I, I want to see England in, the, in those semi-finals. But um, well, the World Cup, then we were talking, it was going to be dead after the round robin stage, and the, the last four were cut uh, and dry. It's not turned out like that. It's going to be exciting. Uh, best of luck to England. We're all rooting for them as well. It'll be an exciting World Cup. I'm glad the World Cup's live without James. Thank you so much. Yeah, best of luck to England. Um, all our prayers are with you. Um, and uh, but just don't take Pakistan's place, all right? <laughs> Cheers. Asan bhai sir, aap pata de sir, ke bhi saap usi bhi sir, matlab ke us pants pe bande ne pichhe pehne hote, chhodne ne usi. On on khula gal karo, three minute rahege. Tell us sir, ki ab kya hoga? What's gonna happen? The World Cup wide open. Sir, um, I think that uh, you know we we're, we're starting to get a bit cocky with our remaining two matches, and we shouldn't, because uh, Bangladesh has been playing good cricket, and Afghanistan can spring in a surprise like they did versus India. So let's not get a bit too ahead of ourselves just yet. Uh, after. तो आसाम भाई सर आप बता दें सर के इंग्लैंड के दो मैचेस रह गए इंग्लैंड का टू मैचेस वी गॉट टू मैचेस लूज वन मैच एट लीस्ट वन आई सी देम लूजिंग वन मोर मैच अस और इंग्लैंड यस पाकिस्तान और इंग्लैंड सर वेल बॉयज दैट्स अ रैप थैंक यू ऑल फॉर जॉइनिंग अस गेट अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ सट्टा फ्री पाकिस्तान क्रिकेट we're grateful for uh, james to join us he's a great ambassador for the game uh i mean listening to his uh, podcast the cricket badger is an incredible podcast i recommend that everyone go tune in um the content that he provides is is just informational educational and it'll it'll liven you up and it'll get you pumped up about the game of cricket and it's just incredible to listen to uh samba your closing thoughts That's it boys. Thank you. Pakistan Zindabad hoping England goes through as well. Let's see what happens. It's an exciting tournament. It's picked up again one time.